Hey there, all marketing school fam. Whether you're penning a newsletter, launching a podcast, publishing a book, there's one platform that stands out for creators like you and us. We're talking about ConvertKit. It's more than just an email marketing tool. It's the creator marketing platform we at All Marketing School trust and adore. Here's why ConvertKit should be on your radar. If you want to skyrocket your subscriber count, ConvertKit's beautiful landing pages, sign-up forms, and link pages are not just functional. They make your work truly shine. Plus, you want to automate your marketing. I want you to automate your marketing. So you can actually market effortlessly with ConvertKit's intuitive email editor and also robust funnels because it's really about working smarter, not harder. You know this. But also, you can monetize. So if you're ready to monetize your passion, you can sell digital products with ConvertKit. You can market and sell them and even subscriptions or tip jars. And guess what? You'll drive higher conversion and save a ton on fees. So if you're ready to elevate your creative journey, make the switch to ConvertKit. It's the go-to marketing hub that support creators in growing and monetize their audiences with absolute ease. Want to give it a spin? Head over to amschool.click slash ConvertKit to get started. That's amschool.click slash ConvertKit. And now back to the show. What if I told you that it's not enough to show your audience what you're building, but you need to involve them in the process? We are back today with an old marketing school first, a returning guest talking about everything building in public. You guessed it correct, it's Kevon Chong. Kevon is a serial entrepreneur with experience in kids coding, education, and SaaS. At the end of 2020, he decided to build himself a presence and a voice online, and the world has never been the same literally. In fact, he discovered the power of building in public and went on to create multiple products, working closing with his community in order to build amazing experiences. In this episode, we talk about a new way to build in public and why you need to give your best content away for free. Yes, for real. We use lots of examples from the educator and creator world, as well as ideas that will work for any type of project. Kevon is a giver and one of my clothing's online buddies. So it's not a surprise that one of his most successful experiments involved giving away a lot. Tune in today for fist bumps, silent claps, and a healthy dose of banter, as well as top-notch information and ideas on how to use building in public to build a closer relationship with your community. May today's class begin. <laughs> Do you need to look good? You already look good, Kevon. That's, that's the start <laughs> of the conversation. And to anybody Thank else, you. <laughs> you, you already all look really, really good. <laughs> It's one of those things as well when you, I think now we expect, we know that a lot of the content is video first and video on and like things like framing yourself in the shot. I never put a lot of like, you know, effort into that or didn't think about it as much. And now in the last couple of months, I've been like, how am I framing myself in the shot? Is that all right? Is that good? And like, I got exactly like a little bubble head if you're watching on YouTube. So yeah, it's one of those things that I think I definitely kind of learned about how I want to set up my own micro super mini studio talking about studios you have in your office so maybe that resonates as well with a broccoli neon lamp which is amazing yeah totally i I love this space i feel like i can make videos so much better like i feel more confident i feel the new energy coming into me (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> it matters. Yeah. A, t- a thousand percent. And I know there's a conversation to be had about not being perfectionist, everybody. Hello, dear listener. I know we're talking to you as well. But then you're right. For me as well, I found that having the right space behind me or around me was a bit of a hold up. I would not actually feel like as prompted to do a quick video or share something because I felt like mm, I don't feel like I'm in, I'm in my space. To be honest, you were actually doing a lot of your work a while back at home sharing the room with your daughter or was it something like you kind of downgrade to do a smaller room what what was the situation there i think this is the new office because it kind of shifted a bit with everything that's been happening as well yeah so we have a three bedroom and i have two daughters so before the second daughter arrived i had one of the room as my work room and four five months ago the second daughter arrived but a few months before then we started to you know move myself out and then uh, put on some wallpaper, you know, flying uh, hot air balloon and elephants. So that's why on my YouTube, you pretty much see the, the transition from me having like a bookshelf at the back to a flying elephant in pink to something like this because I moved out. <laughs> I'm kicked out from my own house. <laughs> I mean, I, I would get, I would say, why did you not keep the pink elephant? Like that wallpaper, you could have kept it with you and then put like a whole wall just for anybody that really missed it. And then if they wanted a YouTube video with that, you never know. I don't know. Uh, it, I think when people are watching those videos, they might think I'm a joke or something. <laughs> I, I like cuteness like this, but I don't want it to be like too over. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fine balance between all the things that we have around us, including, again, broccolis and avocados that are also in my shot, to be honest, you know, keeping that level. But, you know, it's it's funny, though, I was thinking, aside from uh, your journey in and out of the office and into a new office, in general, I think since last time we spoke, which, yes, Kevon, is the first, I would like to say, buddy, you're the first return guest. So I don't know if Steph wants to add some party poppers. Yeah, some like sounds, some music, <laughs> <Let it rain. laughs> whatever. <laughs> Make I was it rain, surprised Steph. when Make you asked rain. me again. Like, what, what, what good did I do to deserve to come back? <laughs> Don't be silly. So, and also, so much evolution as well. Not only good, but so much evolution. And I follow your journey a lot. Like, I think we follow each other's journey in the best possible way. Little fist bumps every so often. And like, if you can see it or imagine it, everybody. <laughs> and I think... It's one of those things as well, remembering like where we were then and obviously kind of something that you said right before we jumped on on here, which is the evolution of building in public, which is still a lot of what you do and what you talk about, but the evolution of that into something more granular and more, and for some, in some ways, more practical and like, and, and different. And I think that's something that we're going to talk about today that I'm really excited about. Before that, I have one question though, actually, since we talked about uh, pink elephants, I'm sure there's going to be other things. So I want to ask you, what is the one thing the people that know you already might be surprised to learn about you? Is there anything that maybe people don't know about you that they should right now on this podcast? This is a very tough question for someone like me because, you know, I'm just very transparent. Um, I, I don't mind sharing things. I share about my family because it's my, you know, biggest thing in life. I don't share things just because I think that might confuse people, right? Like I watch football, but why do you care that I watch football? Anything surprising? Ah, oh, so hard. You caught me by surprise. Not, not much top of my head. I don't know. Really, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, I we're show gonna come everything. back to it later. Okay, That's okay, fair. come back. That is uh, that is very, very, very fair. And uh, by the way, something not too surprising is that Kevon is drinking from our Maven Cup, which I also have, I believe. So uh, shout out to the Maven Cup from Maven, how we met. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good community. If you are interested in creating courses and teaching online, like amazing people there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this is not in any way, shape or form sponsored by Maven. Even if we run our certification through Maven, therefore you would potentially experience it yourself if you join <laughs> us, but be honest. Um, but no, it's true. And I think community is a big thing also of what we're going to be talking about today and the building in public element and everything we do, you know, finding the right people. And it's kind of funny when you find them in the products that you use, because Maven at the end of the day is a software that allows you to host your courses. But what I like about them, which kind of will lead me into my first question in a second they kind of shared us and taught us as well how to build a community not just within obviously the courses that we create but also between the different instructors which I think we were really lucky in our cohort because we also had a cohort we were an accelerator I found some really good eggs in there we found some really good people that we connected with and you know you don't always know what that's going to be like and leads me to my first question actually because we're going to go straight into class and session uh, I still remember in the question that I asked you earlier we'll get back to it at the end uh, but for now it's all about you teaching something to us indeed so if you could teach Gabon one thing to our listeners and our students in one minute or so, you know, related to building in public, what would that be? Okay. <laughs> I thought about this. I think um, I've been running a boot camp lately, so this is fresh in my mind. In the past, like long time ago, we usually build the products first and then in the factory, right? And then we find a way to market it, you know, to distribute it. But then I think it is... 2011 or something, the lean startup concept came about and be like, oh, you need to build the smallest thing, minimal viable product. And then you validate and test it. And then you build a little more and then you test it, build a little more. And after teaching building in public for like two years now, I, I think we are onto our next phase, which is you don't even build first. You show and you involve just by sharing your ideas first and you attract people around you to know for sure like what you're going to build and then you build and then you continue that, you know, uh, feedback loop. I find it fascinating the, the evolution of this way of building businesses or products because building actually comes last. I got so many questions now. Thank you for, uh, for, this, for this little nugget. Now it's like, now it's all like, oh, wait a second. It's back. Sprinkling, anybody? If you see the video, you might remember what we talked about once before about sorbet. Um, yes. Sprinkling like sorbet. We're back. Uh, sprinkling lots of nuggets because there's so many places we can take this point that you made. And I'm going to start with this, which is the first thing that came to mind, being talking about perfectionism we talked about at the beginning, which is you know, building comes last. So a lot of it is also the feedback loop. A lot of it is the showing. A lot of it is almost the, I um, actually, tell me if I'm right. There's an element of validating as well within that, I suppose, within that kind of showing and kind of seeing who you're attracting or validation is still more into the old way of thinking. It's more, you know, we cannot know for sure if an idea would work. In a way, you... You and we, everyone, we should try to increase the likelihood of success. For example, if I'm building a new course, I really want to make sure if I can get at least 100 people to buy it first. And how do I know that? 
well, you either pre-sell it, but you can actually do it beforehand, which is come up with a lot of questions and then ask it in public. And then you can read from the replies like, well, people are people don't seem excited about this idea. Then you, 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 you drop that idea, move on or tweak it a little bit. But if people are coming out and say, you know, what their current behavior pain points are, then you know, okay, this course has some legs. Maybe I can develop it further. It's using social media or the community as, as a way to extract insights. I, I feel like not a lot of people do that. They always just feel like, oh, I need to find something to say. So they say random things like, good morning. <laughs> I really don't like that. Like, what's the point of that? Or they try to squeeze out some theories or important lessons, but they just put it out and then like, who cares? Like everyone know that consistency is key. So not enough researching kind of mentality. Obsessed. I'm a marketer. That's literally what we do. So you have me on board. You have me on board. And that's probably why, again, going back to our sprinkling of Soul Bay, that's why I'm going to go to another point. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. My main thought then process is, how do we stop ourselves, going back to the perfectionism now, how do we stop ourselves from not taking the next step because we feel we need to do more researching, more questions, more, you know, more, as you say, kind of attracting and gathering the audience and understanding what works and what doesn't. Doesn't happen for all of us. I think some of us are a different level of confidence or you have a different type of product that just kind of at some point feels right. But also we need to, I want to acknowledge some people that might also be, you know, when is it enough? When have I got, you know, is there anything that we can see or is it more like a just go for it, boo? you know, kind of get out of your own way. It's hard to say. It's kind of the entrepreneurial muscle that we build over time, right? So if you're new to starting things, if you're new to product building, it will be hard to, to find that line. I think as you go, then you start to think, you start to have enough confidence to be like, okay, I'm ready to do a small pitch. I see a lot of people, they would say, if I do this, would you buy it for how much, right? I, I actually don't see it lately in the last two years, but maybe two or three years ago when I started being active online, I see a lot of people doing that kind of validation. And I feel like it's a good way because even though you never know if they're going to put out, take out their credit card at the end, but it's a mini validation. You're like, oh, these people are excited if I do build this out. So you just like try to put it out there, try, try to, try to, get to the next stage. If it doesn't work well, then go back to your drawing board. I feel like over time, you'll get better at knowing what when that moment is to drop that bomb on people to, <laughs> to, to do the testing, yeah. And that leads me to another question. I think it's so important, Zoe, you said about the muscle. Um, that's also why I thought when I said it, I was like, some of us kind of know. And when they are, if, if I were to reflect the question back at me, I would be like, I just know. <laughs> Because as you said, we've been doing it enough times that we've seen the moments that we rushed it too much and the moments in which instead we waited for too long almost and we knew that it was just ourselves getting in our own way. But I think it's important that you explained that and then you repeated that because so many of my clients, if not just our students, but also some of my clients have this, have the opposite problem, which is something that, you know, is interesting that you mentioned, which is so many people actually still don't talk about the product they have in their heads. Maybe they talk about it with their consultant or the coach in this case. And then they just do everything quietly. They're like, they, you know, they want to tease it, but not too much. And then this thing comes out and expect people to come. And I think what I love about what you're saying with the with what you shared with us is that I also think 
the audience as us consumers online especially in our little niche i guess in little bubbles of you know people that want to learn people that are active online we're seeing more and more um, creators experts marketers you name it that are sharing the journey of them building something and asking questions and showing you know little bits of it and features and that we're getting a lot more used to it and so without these little prompts and feeds we almost forget that there's something coming out in two months if we're not giving enough little breadcrumbs for it. And maybe it's just me that I've picked it up. I've seen it a lot more, but I don't know what you think. I just, that, that's another point that I wanted to make and ask you about. I've seen that there are so many creative ways that now we're doing what you just said, that is, you know, asking the questions or showing the things that is not just about this is what I'm doing, is also kind of qualifying the way they, the way that you're building the product as well as the product in the first place. What are your thoughts on that? So I, in my building public course, right, I have this framework called ZIP, S-I-B. So it's show, involve, and then build. So what you mentioned is the middle part involve. So it's not enough to just show because like people really don't care what you do unless it benefits them. But how can you make something that they want is that you really listen to them. They're part of the process. They're invested in the development of it. So when it comes out, they're like, oh, I, I, I'm part of this. So I need to get in as well. So involving is super, super, super important. When you said like people are afraid to put things out there, I think it's because they haven't realized that I'm talking about info products, by the way, because I, I'm more like a creator educator. I like to teach. People don't understand that even though you put out all the things you know, it doesn't connect to whether people buy from you or not because it's not like they're going to go through all your tweets and try to learn from those tweets no one does that the learning experience is they're buying that you structure something in a very very good way that's why i'm never afraid of putting everything out because the upside is you get so many people invested in the development that they will buy first and they will spread for you but the downside is like you get a few people who dig through all your public content and don't buy. So which one do you want? <laughs> I will always go for the upside. So I understand this is hard. Um, I don't have a framework to help people get over that. As we said, we're being honest here. Like it really just take the reps in to learn that. In the midst of our busy lives, finding time to read and learn can be a real challenge, right? Well, dear listener, before we get back to class, let me ask you a question. What if I told you there's a way to discover, learn and grow all in just a few minutes a day? Enter Blinkist. Blinkist takes the key insights from over 4,500 nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes of reading or listening. Imagine gaining the knowledge from top books on your commute, during lunch or even while you're brewing your morning cuppa. And here's the best part. Right now, they got a special treat for you. Sign up for Blinkist Premium today and get an incredible 60% off. That's right, 60% off their annual plan. But remember, this offer ends on the 21st of November, so don't wait too long. Head over to amschool.click slash Blinkist. That's amschool.click slash B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T and start your journey of discovery, learning and growth with Blinkist. Unlock the wisdom of books in minutes and transform those little pockets of time into your biggest opportunity for learning. Blinkist is waiting for you. Let's make every minute count. 
you know, what's super interesting about what you said, that I'm going to reiterate the blockage that we have around, but if what I sell or if what I do, which can work for info products, but also if you were only offering services is like, but if I share everything I know, then what would people buy from me? And the reason why I love this, first of all, excellent reminder. Secondly, I was literally watching Neil Patel video yesterday on SEO because yay, always learning more about SEO and Neil Patel, like little bow when it comes to <laughs> SEO. Uh, I'll put the link of the video in the show notes because it's 12 minutes and the the main takeaway aside from actual SEO nuggets like, you know, more specific and a bit more technical, but it was like, he asked this guy, was interviewing him, it was um, funnily enough, an educational kind of, I think, YouTube ads agency or something like that. And he said, you know, all the things that you teach, I think in your coaching, in your program, I was like, yeah, write them all up, put it on your website. And the guy just looked at him a bit be like, Okay. And it was like, and you can see him reading his ad is, no, no, I know that you're thinking, what if, well, why would they come to me if I get it, if I get the my most valuable content out there for free? And it's something that subconsciously even I sometimes do when it comes to the school and stuff. And it's part of me that thinks, you know, what's the problem in sharing some of the things that we teach more openly and writing down what they are? Because as you say, people are going to want you to go through that experience. And I think, so first of all, that was very resonant to what you just said, but also it reminds us that regardless of your industry, if you go even beyond digital products and you go into physical products, a lot of the time we forget about, you know, going to the jobs to be done kind of mentality as well. Um, that Amanda talked about in the podcast a couple of episodes back, so you can go and check that one out if you want to as well. But, you know, the job of your products sometimes are not exactly what you think they are. And especially when it comes to the subset of educational products and digital products, it's not just about the learning experience anymore. It's about actually the accountability and, as you say, like the building and the actionable results that you get. We don't want just the knowledge for the sake of it. We want the results that come from the knowledge. And so I think it's about knowing our audience, which is something I talk about every goddamn day, really knowing your audience because... When you know the audience, you understand their main pain point. And I 100% agree. It's not the lack of knowledge that's the core issue for a lot of for a lot of these cases. It's the lack of accountability and support to make sure that the knowledge actually gets implemented. So, you know, I think it's a good reminder of not gatekeep too much of your content and too much of what you do because also people buy from people, right? And I think that's part yeah. of the building in public is getting people to know you, correct? Yeah. And I, I want to, at this point, that... Just don't try to sell to everyone. Not, not, not in the traditional way people say it, but I think people have the mindset of, oh, if I give everything away, then people don't need to buy. They're trying to say, I want to capture everyone when they come into the door. But the truth is a business is not successful when you capture, no, a business doesn't only be successful when you capture everyone. A business is successful when you capture some kind of people. So the, the example I would use is like some people hold on to their partner. They don't know if they are the right one, but they hold on to them. In a different way, what if you just let this person go? Maybe your future husband or wife will show up. So you just got to let go to be more successful. That, that is what I'm trying to say. That is so relevant in so many ways as well, I find, when it comes to kind of what we do and how we do it. So I think it's a great reminder of that. And actually, I'm going to jump into the second question on the back of that, which is less about us and more about others, because I know that we're always looking at what happens in the online world. So I'm wondering whether, by building in public or not, 
there is a tactic, a strategy, a framework, something that you learned from somebody else that really stood out to you and maybe you still use it to this day. Okay. Um, top of my head, I really like this concept called the side project marketing. I learned about it maybe two years ago, but I was actually already doing it and I didn't know there's a term people talk about back then. So it's called side project marketing. I think you can find some articles around it. And the concept is like you build products not to generate revenue, but really just to generate traffic. Uh, in, a, in a sense, I was just uh, in a membership talking about lead magnets. The members are building lead magnets and the, the host asked me to share. In a way, lead magnets is like so boring, so low effort. The whole goal is to get emails, right? My biggest lead magnet was not a lead magnet. At least I didn't position it that way. I made a free email course that looks like a product itself with a domain, with a name, with nice landing page, with a ton of testimonial as people take the course and share. And it's free free email course, right? When I make it like a product that nice looking, people don't feel like they're get, being trapped into like, oh, you're just collecting my emails. They feel like I'm actually learning something here. So this side project brought me so many people, like two years, no active marketing, but because I embed a lot of viral kind of elements in the free email course, it got me like 3,300 students into my, you know, uh, into my world and then I can connect with them. I can share more what I do. I find it fascinating. So don't just rely on social content or like lead magnets. I love it. And I think it's actually a great reminder of the thing, the different expectations, all the different level of sophistications that now we see when it comes to these experiences as well. So it kind of almost like helps you framing what you're creating in a different way. And you know what's similar to, and I love this and I'm going to Google it afterwards, everybody. <laughs> Dear listener, sure. I know you're going to do the same. I know you. But another thing that is super interesting that I saved in my learning notes, like in my little second brain notion, because that's where everything lives right now. Uh, my squirrel brain cannot handle everything else. And I remember I saved it because it was super interesting and it was a simple shift. So going back to lead magnets that this creator, sorry, I don't remember your name, did where they put their free template, I think it was, in their shop next to their paid templates or products or whatever it was. So they had, they created a free kind of, literally, as you say, a free product. And instead of, to, you know, doing it as a resource or as a lead magnet in a separate page or as a pop-up or whatever, they just put it next to the other things in the shop. And obviously quite naturally people will see it and be like, oh, this is like a free version of it. And it works really well. And so we tested it because of uh, with a one pound plus, it's still there. Is that is again, it's literally the second brain I just talked about, the learning notes page that I used to save cool ideas. I created a version of that, it's one pound or more. So pay your price for it. You can pay how much you want. It's just one pound if you just want it for a pound, just to kind of, you know, support. And it's working really well. The other templates obviously are different and more sophisticated, but that one was just a simple one that I know is a staple for everybody. And it's working really well. And I treated it as a real template. It has this little video, it has this hub, it has all the extra bits and bobs, but it's a pound and it's working really well. So it made me think about that as a spin-off of that. I don't know if you've seen other people doing things like this, but I put it to test, come on, for the good, for the greater good. Mm. Do you feel like the one pound is much better than a free thing? I don't know. The main thing was I wanted to try this way because I also wanted to 
recognize the, the, the amount of work as well that I put in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of felt that I, w- I would like to try maybe something else that could be free and that could potentially be literally like a starting kind of where to put templates because that will make sense. You know, that can be free and that can be a very simple kind of almost empty dashboard with a couple of guidances. But I still felt I really wanted to try that kind of pay what you want, pay pay what you can kind of style. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and so in that respect, it has worked. Maybe again, you're inspiring me maybe to try also the free one. For a one pound template, it's it was a lot of work. It's quite humble. <laughs> it's quite it's quite sophisticated as a template. So I just thought I'm going to do it that way and see how it goes. So far, so good. And also it's qualifying the right people as well, which is really interesting. A lot of them I know already, already have experience with Notion, which is interesting. So maybe, again, something free would be something that is very simple for people that are just entering into that world. Um, and then it's something they can actually use. So that might mm. actually be a way to look at it too. Stroking mm. my in an existing beard. I actually, hearing, hearing what you said, I actually took a very different approach. And I think I went from a nobody to at least like, some people know me today because I was building a free thing, the free email course, but I didn't think about, oh, this is free, so it's going to be a small thing. I actually built a very, I, I spent weeks building that course that people say they would be willing to pay, but then I made it free. I think that was, yeah, that was that was different to a lot of people and they were impressed by it. So it helped me a lot in my journey like a high quality, big, high effort free product. Do you feel it was for people that were kind of, intro- again, remind us maybe what the course is about as well. Making Twitter friends. Okay, I see. I see. Oh, that's mm. really cute. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see also the, the topic as well. And I think it's kind of really understanding how to frame that too. Uh, mm. But I generally think if you're listening and if you're interested in any of these, I would say definitely give it a try see what that would look like and see what would work for you hopefully we gave you enough options so you can choose one that yeah. really resonates you've always been it a giver anyway and <laughs> it varies and based on your topic audience and all all kinds of things yeah my final question based on all the Ooh. learning is actually okay. about something that you have unlearned so what is something that you have unlearned recently and how did it improve either your life or your work I think one thing I learned is that, you know, in the past, in my last chapter of my career, um, I was running a SaaS company. So I was under a lot of pressure because we have investors and I have a team. <laughs> so every day is like burning cash. So we did spend a lot of time researching and connecting with potential customers just to get their insight. But back then, you know, uh, A thing that I did was I was really into turning them into my customers. Even though I got in onto a call, like the next thing I would do is like, oh, would would you want to try out our apps? The thing I learned in the last two years is that it's hard to get success when you're so rushing into a transaction. These days, maybe because I'm more like a creator educator now, I treat everyone like partners. So as I said earlier, like I involved them in the process. Uh, one example, one good example was um, it happened yesterday. A month ago, I was thinking about, oh, my cohort-based course, I need to change the format of it. I need to maybe turn it into kind of a self-guided experience, but with a community of live sessions so that you get the benefits of 
oh, you can take your time to learn, but you also have some support and accountability. Because I, I used to run pure live cohort, which is like super intensive. And I realized not everyone liked that experience. So I sent out a survey to ask the people on the wait list, like uh, a bunch of questions, like how do you learn? How do you want to get support? So I get a lot of insights. So yesterday, what I did was I tried something I never tried. I sent out a coupon to thank them and say, you have helped me shape this new direction. It's a very short survey, not very deep, but anyway, I want to say thank you. And someone emailed me back and be like, wow, this is so nice of you. And I told her, I'm actually very skeptical of giving discount because I know how the perception might change, but I'm so comfortable rewarding the people who are co-creating with me. So I, I think that that really opened up a big door to me, especially in community building, because these people, yeah, they don't feel like they're my customers. I feel like, yeah, we are, we're doing this together and I'm so happy. Like the, the, the money is, is important, right? We need to sustain, but it's not the only thing you should be thinking about. So I'm happy about this unlearning. This is why we need more Kevon in our lives and a little, little silent claps, everybody. Uh, if you want to join <laughs> me as well. Because it's really, it's really who you are and is also, again, why you're so in line with everything we do because it's about, yes, obviously sustaining ourselves, everybody. I know we got to pay the bills and we want to scale and we want to grow and growth needs capital as well. But also it's then when you think about people first and when you create that connection and people feel confident and comfortable actually having a conversation and sharing with you and telling you what they love and what they don't love. I mean, on a very smaller case, we got... I got an email, the email this week for the podcast as, um, sorry, for the, for the newsletter as we're recording, I came back from holiday. So I said, I'm back. And a few people actually responded to be like, welcome back. Cause I was talking like, as in fab on holiday, like fab from the future. And then I was like, fab from the present is back. And people were like, welcome <laughs> back. And you know, just random replies, like nothing else. Welcome back. And it was really sweet because obviously out of 6,000 people almost now, there were a couple that were just like, oh yeah, it's you again. So it kind of reminds you that actually when you talk to people like you would talk to them or you were asked the question or you share with them, um, that personalized approach works because we just connect with people and we see them when they see us. So thank you for seeing yeah. us, Kevin. That's Yeah. And I know like, of course, we all know that by giving a discount, you kind of can drive people to make a decision, right? But the, the, the key thing I want to re-emphasize is that if you're just blasting out a discount to a list, it might seem like you're just desperate for sales. But if you're getting help from someone like me, asking people to fill in their survey and then rewarding them, it's a totally different thing. It, it feels like a, a partnership. So don't just blast out discounts. <laughs> I don't want people to take it the wrong way. Hey, dear listener, we're taking a break from today's class as AppSumo is taking us on a trip down memory lane this Black Friday. Remember the days when Super Nintendo was the talk of town and Wales World had us all chanting, party on, dude, ah, good times. And to kick off uh, my nostalgia fest, our friends at AppSumo are dropping some seriously cool early Black Friday specials. And let me tell you, we've been using AppSumo for ages to snag the best deals out there. 
tools like Upbase and Cast Magic. Yeah, we found those gems for AppSumo and have been absolute game changers for our marketing and overall business. So fancy getting your hands on the tech of tomorrow, but at yesterday's prices? It's like stepping into a time machine, but for deals. Head over to allmarketingschool.click slash AppSumo. That's amschool.click slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O to check out the latest and greatest offers. Catch you there. And remember, it's not just a deal. It's a steal from the past for the future. Yeah, totally, 100%. And I think I think you really came across as well with what you explained. So thank you for clarifying too. Now is my this or that. Is this or that time, Kevon? This is quick fire. Are we ready to quick fire? Sounds really I'm bad. a very slow person, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> this is your crew tonight. I do apologize <laughs> in advance. You know, we got this. We got this. We're going to start with the first one. We're going to start easy. We're going to ease ourselves in, potentially, she says. Kevon. Spotify playlist or podcast? Spotify. Starting well, starting well. Voice <laughs> note or text? Text. Are you a team no voice note whatsoever? Or you're kind of just like text is better? Because we have some really strong opinions about voice notes on this podcast from people. Okay, I, I'm going to be blunt here. <laughs> I this saw... is what we want. I saw a tweet from someone saying a voice note is selfish because, and I, I'm like, oh, that's so true. I feel the same way. Okay. I don't want to piss people off, but let me explain. I feel like when you send a voice note, if the other person enjoy that voice exchange, that's good because you're, you know, you're more expressive. But if the other person, you're unsure what the style is like, I feel like text is the safer choice because it really takes a lot more time to listen to voice notes. And if the other person is more text, then that's when it feels selfish. <laughs> I can see that. I know mm. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking, you know, I'm going to be taking that corner with you as well. I, I prefer text because I'm a writer as well. So for me, it's just more natural. Mm. Uh, but I agree with you. I find that sometimes a voice note is too much for me, especially from people that do send you five minutes of just like kind of, messages exactly. and you know yeah. i wish that it would just be like maybe maybe you don't have the time to listen to this uh you know maybe it's worthwhile you know writing it and maybe letting know like the voice notes or whatever so i agree i can see that i can see that because i know there are some people that are very much yeah. against voice notes that's why i always ask so i have this auntie in my extended family she would send a lot of voice note for like 10 minutes long and the key message is still the same one that you can say it in 20 seconds <laughs> Carousels or reels? Uh, reels. TikTok or YouTube? Now I'm interested. YouTube. Uh, this one is one that now has got a lot of weight, and now I feel at time of recording, obviously we have changed, and so we have to say newsletter or X. God damn you for rebranding. <laughs> wow, this is a hard one. They're both important, um, but in running a business, uh, newsletter is pretty important and last but not least no judgment but this is a very important one no pressure memes or gifs gifs easy my team everybody little dance <laughs> little dance yeah <laughs> i love a, i love a meme too don't get me wrong a good meme goes a long way but for me 
again, I give her the spice of life, and I, I show like my age. I like some movement. I, I like some energy. So, yeah. Exactly. I give I give four thousand words. That's how I see it. Excellent. Um, now, before we're off, I got a few more questions. Less less quick fire. <sighs> the first one is: What is the last picture you took on your phone, Kevin? Last picture. Let me see. Um, I took my daughter to see her great grandmother for the first time because of COVID, we couldn't travel, and because she was so young, and that was our picture together. We live in different places, so <laughs> that's why. Oh, that, that's adorable! Thank you for sharing. Now, this is a bit actually of a one eighty from that then, but I'm interested again because I know how much you love some platforms. So, what is your favorite social media platform right now, and why? It's still Twitter slash X because I honestly, it's not about the platform. These platforms are just technologies. It's all about. The people that you hang out with. I try out Threads, and honestly, I didn't put in the effort to connect with people. So when I got on Threads, I'm like, "Oh, I'm just here to broadcast my message. I I don't want to do that." So I stopped using it now. But Twitter is like I still see familiar faces who I have deep connections with. That's why it is such a good place to take it away from the social media perspective. Is like I went to school in Boston,、uh, spent seven years near Boston area. Do I love it? I love it back then, but not anymore because everyone is gone. <laughs> Same concept. Stop、mm. obsessing about that social media platform. It's not about the technology. That's how I feel about it. Actually, that's a great point you made. That this part of me that is starting to just be like, as long as the people that I want to interact with are there, I'm gonna be happy. But when they、yeah. start flocking out, literally flocking, then I'm like, that's where I'm kind of like, no, because that's the thing, and I think that's what I always loved about the platform that should not be named, because goddammit. But you know, it's the fact that、uh, whatever you call it,、um, a lot of the people, like, a lot of it was made by the people, than more than anything else. You know, a lot、yeah. of what made X or Twitter special was the people, and I think that's a big thing as well. Yeah, yeah, I do understand people have feelings about the leader or the changes. But、uh, maybe I, I'm quite focused just on my community and on my family. Honestly, I, I don't really care about what's happening out there. Sometimes it's a, it's a good approach. I find sometimes I should be just kind of stepping back and be like, "Do I have what I need here? Yes, that's where I'm gonna stay." And obviously, time will tell. Like this is a time traveling podcast, so goodness knows in a couple of months when it's out, what will be. But we will see. I'm talking about time traveling, or actually magical powers. I am casting upon you a magical power, Kevon, to finish off. You can now broadcast one message onto everybody's phone. If you could do that, what would that be? Love your wife. <laughs> Single most important question, or love your husband, love your partner. As we before this recording, we talk about you know entrepreneurship ups and downs. We all have those down moments, and my wife never just encouraged me to give up. You know, she's always there, encouraging me to keep going or try new new things or be like, "Oh, next month will be better." So, yeah, yeah, love the people who are supporting you. I love that. Oh, thank you so so much. That's a great way to end. And obviously, as always. Remind all of our friends and our dear listener where can people find out more about you and get in touch and actually follow and be involved in your journey. 
Yeah, I'm still most active on Twitter, X. So meet Kavan is my handle there. If you want to just dig into the Kavan's rabbit hole to find those broccolis, uh, publiclab.co is basically where I host everything that I do. So maybe you can start there. Thank you so much for being with us again. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always, having Same a good here. old catch up. And we'll be back next time with more goodness and ways to market to hearts and make marketing more human. But in the meantime, it's been a pleasure. Class dismissed. Mm -hmm.